This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Explore New Jersey in every season. From 130 miles of sunny shorelines to waterfalls, rivers, and majestic mountainsides, visit the East Coast's most scenic parks, iconic venues, and historic landmarks. Discover artistic places and inspiring spaces, gaming, nightlife, views of center stage, and true New Jersey adventures that go on for days. Plan your itinerary today at visitnj.org. Thanks for listening to The Reds Report. This podcast is sponsored by Webmart. If you want to get more out of your marketing, drive out costs, and find out which channels are best for you and your company, then visit our website, webmartuk.com, or just search Webmart Barnsley. Innovate. Create. Communicate. This is for the fans. The Vibe. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. This is another episode of the Reds Report. For six years, we have been bringing you everything to do with Barnsley FC. We've spoken to players, we've spoken to staff, and, uh, well, everybody else is doing that at the moment. So, something a little bit different. We're going to look at the team behind the team. Because for our players to be able to put that shirt on and be as successful as they are on the pitch, there's a huge team of people behind the scenes um, that need a little bit of highlighting as well. So, um, Steve, first of all, you're here with us. How are you feeling? Very well today, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And our first guest, who has been volunteered, stroked, volunte- uh, volunteered himself, is Temo Rushdie, who is the Barnsley FC Club Secretary. Temo, thank you very, very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me, Carlo. It's great to be here with you and you and Andrew. Thank you so much. No problem. Listen, Club Secretary. Now, me and Steve have got different opinions what that means. So could you just explain your sort of role within the club and what a typical working week looks like for you? Ooh, it's crazy. It's hectic. <laughs> um, the club secretary role, it, it's, it's, it's a very interesting role because I think it varies very much at different clubs, um, just based on the resources that different clubs may have or may not have available to them. At Barnsley itself, um, I'm very much the first point of contact for the club with the EFL, um in terms of 
whether it comes to player player contracts, governance, things like that, that need to go to our directors. Um, I, I must get 10, 15 emails a day just from the EFL. <laughs> Uh, so that's one of the first and major roles is to be the, the kind of the point of contact with the EFL. Then definitely internally, it's um, I, I'm working very, very closely with Dane Murphy uh, when it comes to bringing players in and, and when players move on with regards to the contractual element and all the documents that go towards that. Uh, we, we, we work together to get that done and, and submitted and registered. Uh, and then for a club like Barnsley, we, you know, I, I do all the team operations as well, which is a, another thing I, I personally quite love to do. Um, and that entails all of the, all, everything that comes with travel, travel arrangements, hotels, uh, transportation, meals, things like that. When we go away, away from Oakwell, uh, I deal with primarily. And then I've added a little wrinkle to this role here at Barnsley, which is the the player care element. Um, it's something I believe strongly in. It's something I think is very, very important to have at a football club of this magnitude, of this stature, uh, is, is especially because we're bringing in players, you know, not just local players, but players that come from different parts of, of mainland Europe, even the world. And for them to come to a new country, a new place, all by themselves, sometimes with a wife, sometimes with, a, with kids, it's not an easy step. And I think one of the most important things to to having making sure that our players are ready to play on a Saturday or on a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night is for them to be comfortable in their surroundings. And so the player care element is another thing I've kind of added to this role that I particularly find to be quite vital. And that's kind of the all-encompassing role of the of the club secretary here at Barnsley Football Club. When you talk about um, looking after players, obviously Daryl's coming from from America, yeah, um, especially considering we're sort of in in the middle of a pandemic uh i bet that was quite a challenging a challenging thing to do to bring him in in a way at short notice because he actually played for the american team the night before he came over didn't he um yes. and then you've got to find him somewhere to live i mean it looks really i've seen his tiktoks and his twitter where he's <laughs> dancing dancing on his balcony when he scored which i mean let's face it that's what we want that's the sort of characters that we want at barnsley uh, i bet it is quite challenging isn't it like you said bringing a player over from a foreign country it is challenging i think I'll, you know i'm going to say this very open and honestly i i think we've been very very lucky at barnsley because almost all the players that I've been around since I've been here that we've brought from a foreign country just happen to be unbelievably wonderful people. I mean, I, I could list them off. Solbauers, Daryl, Freezy, Schmidt, uh, Mads Anderson, Mr. Hellick. I mean, the list goes on. And every, everyone we seem to bring in, um, Ritzmeyer, even Killian Ludwig for that short time, they're all just really, really nice people. And when you end up working with someone that's such a wonderful chap, it's so much easier to go out of your way and and go above and beyond to help them because they, you know, you want to help people that that are that are so friendly and kind to you. Um, so I I would say I'm blessed. I'm blessed in that we've had the opportunity to bring in these these lovely people that are all thrilled to be here, excited to be here, which makes I think that the moving process a lot easier. But there are definitely challenges. There are um, you know, the first one is always, you know, how do I communicate with people? How do I get, can I, does the intern, can I get Wi-Fi where I'm at? Can I, you know, because ultimately they come in, you know, Daryl's moved over with a move over for a short period of time. He's come from the United States. His phone doesn't necessarily work straight away, but, you know, ultimately he wants, 
he's living alone at the moment, especially with COVID times, and he's you know, wants to be able to speak to his family. So the first thing he asks is, oh, you know, what's the well, the Wi-Fi situation? Do I need to get a phone here so I can call my family? And I respect that because ultimately the relationships these guys have with people that are not coming with them to England is is so crucial to their establishment of and their comfort levels while they're here. Um, I, I think I'd say, you know, finding a place to live Again, we're quite fortunate that we have good relationships in the community. Uh, we've built good relationships in the last few years with different um, uh, real estate agencies. We work tight. We work closely with the investment room as well. Our, our shirt sponsor have been very, very helpful with us. Um, so it's 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 easy for us to kind of do these things now because we've built the relationships over time. Yeah. Um, so yes, it's a challenge, and each yeah. person has their own unique quirks and their own unique differences, and everyone needs certain things different, which is absolutely normal totally normal but i think that's part of the job i enjoy it's part of the things i love is that it is different so it's not always the same uh, and it gives you a new challenge and a new learning experience every single time brilliant it it sounds like a really challenging yet rewarding role um having looked at your sort of your resume at the university of washington uh, obviously you've done a lot there you've had some really interesting jobs previous to this one haven't you assistant director of the operations for men's soccer uh, you were the head coach for the women's soccer team and that was a really successful team as well can you tell us a little bit about your your work history before you came to barnsley and what made you come to barnsley yeah i i it's funny, I went to university uh, in Seattle, the University of Washington. Myself, I had left, I was living in Europe, I moved over to the US, um, and it was obviously a culture shock in a lot of ways, but I did, I, I, I was, I was, I loved it. It was, it was a great experience, but I never thought at that moment, oh, I'm going to go and do all these things in football. I thought, oh, I'm going to study business and probably try the business route. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I, I got involved um, with the men's men's football for us, men's soccer over there uh, program. Which, for those that may not um, may not know, the, the university programs in the United States take their sports incredibly seriously, yeah. and it's it's quite competitive, and it really is the pathway to the professional game over there. Um, and because of that, I was able and fortunate enough to. To get involved with the program at the University of Washington, which is the which is one of the premier top top ten programs in the country, um, the head coach over there, uh, Jamie Clark, is a mentor of mine. is somebody I I re respect and look up to tremendously. He gave me my chance, um, and it was you know at first it was just picking up balls and cones and uh, maybe filming a, a training session every now and again, and then with time I got more and more responsibility doing that and. Um, I thought, oh, you know, logistics and operational side of sports, that's actually something I could do for a living. I love it. I love being in and around it. At that time, I was doing it probably 30, 40 hours a week, but all on a volunteer basis, but absolutely loving it, having the time of my life, being involved with the team. Um, and I was learning. I was learning all these different little things every day. And I thought, actually, I could be quite good at this, actually. Let me, <laughs> let me, you know, see where this takes me. Um, and throughout that period, I was also, you mentioned I was coaching and, uh, it was the not the varsity team, but the, at the university they have what, the club level team, which is one rung below. Uh, and it was just something I, I thought, let me see if I could take this on. And I was very fortunate to work with a wonderful group of ladies that were, uh, in my opinion, very talented footballers. Uh, they not Some of them could have been playing at a higher level, but chose their education over it and thought this is a great way to keep playing. And... Um, it was it was very rewarding because we we were quite successful. But I thought it's funny I, I 
I've I've always enjoyed the ins and outs of football, but I I don't necessarily want. Would, I have no interest in coaching anymore. I've, you know, kind of at the time I thought, oh, I might want to go into coaching, and then I think after that period and getting more into the logistics operational sense, I realized no, actually, I want to go down this route. And that's what led me to Real Salt Lake uh, and the Real Monarchs, which is the reserve team for Real Salt Lake. Um, I, through my work at, at the University of Washington, the general manager at Real Salt Lake had previously been with me in Seattle. And he um, he, he kind of told me there was a team administrator vacancy available. Uh, I was weeks away from my visa expiring and going back to England, trying to see what I could find in the UK and thought, well, this is a great opportunity. If you're able to get me a work visa in the US, I would... You know, I would love to interview for the position and and see if I can get it. And it it, it all worked out. I I took a what's there called the team administrator role, which is all about team operations and logistics. Um, I honed my skills, learned a lot about the way professional football works. Because obviously, in the university level, it's not the profession; it's still considered amateur level. Uh, it's different, totally different to the professional game. Um, and I, I loved it. I thought, wow, this is great. I'm, I'm loving life. I thought I'd do it for a year, maybe a year and a half, try and go back to England. Ended up doing three and a half years there and would have happily stayed if not for this incredible opportunity to work for this incredible football club, uh, where, which Dane presented to me in the summer of 2019. I've got to, uh, I've got to take you back a little bit there, Timo. Yeah. Um, when you were at, at Seattle University in charge of the ladies team, and the reason I bring back to this, you said you were quite successful. You are actually really successful in 2013. Um, you won a Seattle University tournament and the 2013 Washington State Women's Open League. You played 25 games, won 16, drew seven, only lost two. So I suppose on, on the back of that, when we've obviously got to the premiership, with Valerian Ishmael and we've been in there for a couple of years and Val obviously moves on then probably to take charge of I would have thought Bayern Munich uh, you don't fancy then stepping in and just sort of filling his shoes first and foremost Andrew your research is incredible <laughs> I'm, I'm tremendously impressed with your research there uh, thank you you've taken me way back I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, ultimately as much as I, I look, everything you've said sounds like a dream scenario. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I will be a hundred percent honest with you. Uh, I just don't, you know, I don't see myself ever going into coaching. I, I don't necessarily. Um, I, I, I think it takes a different. It's a different skill set completely to what I have, um, and it's just not something I. Some people are maybe cut out for it. It's just not something I've put my mind to in into something I'm interested in. I, I had that period of my life and I think I, I saw a little bit what it takes at that lower level or much, much lower level than than the professional level here in the championship. Yeah. Uh, but then now being around it all the time, it's just not something I'm really interested in. I, I'm so, I think it's partially because I'm so passionate about the side that I am on. Yeah. I really am passionate about what I do. I love what I do. I always, I think if you ask anybody here in the office, they'll tell you that I'm always walking in with a smile. I'm always, you know, happy go lucky. It's just my, I've always got positive attitude. And I think it's, I'm a big believer in positivity breeds success, that saying. So I, I just, how I live my life and I love what I do every day. So no reason for me to switch into that. That's it. Can I just ask I, though I, as well, why yeah. is it the Huskies? 
that's the so the you know the, the University of Washington Huskies. It's the it's I, I it's a good question. I've never actually asked why. I think it's because we're so close to Alaska. Yeah, uh, the Washington State region is so close to Alaska and has a lot of ties to Alaska, uh, and it's obviously cold and rainy up there. So um, they've gone with the Washington Husky, which I'm proud. I'm, I'm a very, very proud Husky. Anyone, anyone that knows me will tell you I'm an extremely proud Washington Husky. And you, you talked about uh, your belief about uh, you know positivity that breeds success. Um, your job sounds very much you're the link between that that group of players that that's bringing us that success on the pitch and uh, Dane and, and the owners of this club. What about when Valerian was brought in, though? Is it is it your job looking after Valerian as well? Because, I mean, he left, you know, family. Um, you know, the, was it the, 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 the pictures that we saw? So it's is, is that part of your job role as well, making sure he settles in? Because if we want success, then Valerian needs to settle in and, and feel like he's able to do his job. He needs to do that with a group of young people that need to feel looked after. Is that how it all sort of comes together? Absolutely. I, I sh you know, I, it's my fault. I shouldn't have said player care because it's not just limited to the players. That care is also for our, for our staff as well, whether they're from the UK or again, we've obviously brought in quite a few staff members from, from abroad in the last two years since I've been here at least. Um, and making them feel at home is also a huge, huge part of this. Valerian, I mean, it's not easy to pick up and leave your family in Munich and all of a sudden come and live in Barnsley all by yourself. And then on top of that, not have the opportunity to kind of go back and forth very freely because of the restrictions that the pandemic have placed upon us. So from from my perspective, yes, I'm hands on deck to help him as well. Um, I, I always I, I kind of joke internally. I'm also kind of like his PA as well. Um, but again, he's such a wonderful person to work with. I, I can't stress enough how blessed we are to have brought in so many people that are just the whole staff here. You know, you go around this football club from the south stand to the north stand and everywhere in between. And everyone is just so friendly. I think a lot of it is there's that that northern England friend. There's such a hospitable vibe that you just don't get in all other parts of this country, I don't think, or, or necessarily the world. And you walk around and there's just we might not be the biggest staff in the in the EFL. But we certainly have one of some of the best people in this in this league, in this football club. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah. I really, really do. And I could name them one by one and go through it. Why the reasons why I think this person is so tremendously qualified to be at this football club. Myself and Steve had a bit of a, a discussion before we started recording of some of the not issues, some of the the um, well, I suppose issues that you might face in, in looking after the players. Now, my number one would be for the players from abroad the local accent. Um, I, I've been here 30 years and I still have to ask my wife every now and then if I'm with somebody on the phone and, and I've lived here for that time. As silly as I sound, is that something? Because um, we said it on a podcast the other day, this is Barnsley, isn't it? This is by far the best place to live. But for people that are coming from Denmark, from Germany, from, uh, you know, fr from America, it's not Leeds, it's not Manchester, it's not London either. And, and, and in some respect, that's a huge culture shock. Is the language one of the things that you find that, that sometimes maybe players or, or new people to the club, not just players, are sort of struggling with? Because we all speak English, but none of us speak Barnsley, do we? Carlo, forget the players. I, I struggle myself at times. <laughs> <laughs> I like to take, I always take, I'm, I'm sure both of you know Beth, who works at the, at, at the reception here. Yeah. Yeah. I consider Beth to be my Barnsley, Barnsley language tutor. <laughs> and I, I take regular lessons with her. 
And I'm eternally, eternally grateful for that young, for that lady, because without her, I think I'd be lost. <laughs> now, similarly, whenever players come to see me in the office, for if they need something, help with something, they always go by Beth. And I always hear her about her before they come into my office. I always hear every now and again, she's always giving a little bit of education, you know, a little bit of Barnsley education to these, to these boys. Um, and yes, it's it's definitely a hurdle. Yeah, of course it is. And I just think in general, at times, you know, lang language is a barrier no matter where you go for a lot of people. Um, yeah. We've been lucky in my two years, I think almost, yeah, almost every player we've brought in or staff member speaks a, a level of English that is quite high, whether it was from countries that, you know, obviously Daryl from the US speaks English, but even the mainland European countries where English is not the primary language, they all come with a quite a good level of English. Um, which has helped. It helps. Now, do they struggle every now and again, perhaps, if they're uh, they're in town? I'm sure they do, but they get by. And I think a lot of it, again, I go back to kind of what, when I was what I was saying earlier. It's the hospitable nature of of Barnsley that is special. And you, you get players that you know. You walk into a shop here. You walk into a sandwich shop, and it's it's so inviting. It's so warm. It's so welcoming. It's you know, hello, lovey, how can I help? And it's always that, you know, you feel like you you might have walked into that sandwich shop for the first time ever, but you feel like they've they've seen you 150 times in the last, you know, year. And and that's what's special. And I think because of that hospitable nature, it, it allows for the players and the staff that come to let to feel a little, a little bit less nervous because there is that there you, you feel less stressed when you feel so much more welcomed. Um and, and I think that's, I mean, I, I'm, I stick to that statement because I, I myself have felt that when I've walked into somewhere and I've thought, oof, you know, I might struggle here if they, if someone's speaking to me in, in Barnsley, as I speak, <laughs> as I say, I might struggle, but we get away, we get away with it. There's always a way around it. You're part Steve, of the family. You're part yeah, of the exactly. family, that's what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Spot on. Steve, have you got any more questions before my final question? Uh, I have one slightly odd question here we um, go here, here we, we go, go. you like this <laughs> i know you, you mentioned about the huskies and you like you like your obviously your american sport yeah and uh the seattle american football team yeah that i'd noticed that you did a sort of a day in the life supporter um where you i believe filmed yourself i, I have watched a little bit of it uh <laughs> where it starts off where are you laid in bed would you be laid in bed when you began that uh, i was i thought as much yeah and you did a little bit of shopping uh and then obviously for the game and with all your friends obviously from from america uh on your phone um is that something that you're still passionate about and following back in back in the us your sport i i Andrew, I am a sports junkie, is what I tell people. I follow American sport. I follow rugby passion. I love cricket. I love golf. I watch American football, baseball, basketball. I love it all. Um, I, I'm just a passionate sports fan. And yes, I'm a huge, huge Seattle Seahawks fan. Uh, I was very, very lucky to go to university during a time where the Seahawks were probably at their greatest. And when they won the Super Bowl for the first time ever, uh, I was so lucky to to witness that, enjoy the celebrations, and it's just it's been a it's been something I really when I moved to the U.S. I liked American football, but I wasn't necessarily I didn't really understand all the rules, and I just didn't know enough about it to be as passionate about it. Yeah. And then 
with my four years at university, I really kind of grew a passion, a liking for it. And similar to Barnsley, Seattle, even though Seattle is a much bigger city than Barnsley, um, it's so passionate about its sports teams, much like the town of Barnsley is so passionate about this football club. And I find that unique, and I loved that about about Seattle. And that's why I think I I, I was so I love that because that's kind of how I am as a person. I'm very passionate about the things I do, and it was great to join to join the uh, you know the the bandwagon as they say. Um, ultimately, I, I mean I, I'm yes the the Seahawks are successful, but I'm also a big Seattle Mariners fan who are a baseball team. Perhaps not so successful, but I'm just very loyal, very loyal to that city in the United States. And do you play? Do you play at all of any of them or have you played for, any of them? Or? For fun. I, I used to play ba- baseball uh, in school and, and basketball in school as well, but um, I've never played at a at a, at a professional yeah. level. But yeah, that day in the life was just something somebody approached me about doing and I thought, yeah, why not? It, it was fun to do and um, yeah, yeah, it was easy to do. And I thought if, if it if it yeah why not no other yeah, reason no, it, was good. it was good it was good um final question Damo. Um, well a bit of more of a statement i suppose you talk about the barnsley people um not much has gone right in the history of barnsley as a town with the coal mining and everything that's happened and the only thing people have to hold on to is is the club i noticed that pretty soon after coming here in 1990 i think it was and um obviously you know there were there were moments where the club was moments away from no longer existing and Patrick Crine took over and and I, I'm sure you know th- there were raised eyebrows when when the club was sold from uh, from Patrick Crine um to like uh, you know the consortium that we have in place at the moment uh, Dane Murphy came in and for a lot of fans there was a a fear I suppose that 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 local element of our football club would go um here we are um you know we've we've got uh, we, we're three quarters through the season there's been no fans at all this season. And of course, we faced Chelsea twice in, in that season. We are in the playoffs. Um, we're under a head coach that the whole of England, and if not Farah, is looking at and taking notice. We're still uh, in a pandemic and we still need to stay stay safe. What is your message to the fans that have, you know, stuck with the club? We heard the news of, I think it was a thousand season tickets sold. You know, there's, there's 13 matches to go. Yeah, but that's what people are. They are so passionate. And they will put the money where the mouth is. And if they say, I'm never coming again, you won't see him again. But if they say, I'm going to support you, they will support you. What is the message to the fans throughout all this um, in regards to where we are and how we're doing and and maybe next season having fans back in Oakwell? Yeah, I think there's a few elements to that. But I think what, the first way to tackle that is to speak of the loyalty of this fan base. Um, it's special to have a fan base who is so loyal even though they've gone through so much hardship, you'll find I think if you look all over the all over the world, really, and and even where I've come from in different elements and parts of the U.S. and seeing how sports work in the U.S., sometimes when teams aren't are going through hardship, the fans waver, not necessarily there, not necessarily there's not really in that many diehards. Here, I. I the because the town is so passionate and so revolves so much around this football club in my opinion the loyalty of the fans to the club is for me the most special part about this football club because it just shows that when we can if we can deliver on the pitch it, it make how do i say this in another way i almost feel like there's a burden on us at the football club but it's a good burden because 
I I have a my burden is I feel like we have to deliver because we owe it to the fans for everything that they've poured into this football club over the years. Like you say, obviously the club has gone through some very tough times, you know, maybe 20 year almost 20 years ago now. Um but they've gotten through it. And the club, the fans have always been there. Every single relegation, the fans have been there. Promotion, the fans have been there. Johnston Pate Trophy final, the fans have been there. Um, almost getting relegated until the final moment, final kick of a game at yeah. Brentford. Yeah. The fans, yeah. whether they whether they might not have been in the ground because they're not allowed to be, but they were there to support us. Uh, whether it's you know we, we see that, and I and I love that, and that's actually the part I've. That's why I wanted to come and work for this. Movie work back in England and specifically to take this job, I've, I've loved that part the most because it just shows how much the club means to them. So my message to the fans will always be, no matter what, no matter who's here, no matter who the manager is, no matter who the players are, no matter who's working at reception, who's working in uh, on in maintenance or working in the executive or the commercial or whoever the board is, is stick by this club no matter what because the people that are here, everyone I've met that's been been here, may have even left here since, has poured everything they can into this club in terms of effort and commitment. I look, I look to my right, I see Dane, and I say, you know, Dane for me is is a, is another person that I consider to be a mentor and somebody I respect tremendously. I think he's gone through a crazy amount in the last two years as the chief executive of this club. But I would also argue that. In those two years, we've flourished tremendously. Yeah. We achieved the initial goal, and then this year, I think we've, you know, we've we've surpassed everything maybe everyone would have thought of at the beginning of the season. And I think there's a lot of credit for that. Yeah. But that's not just him. That's also Rob Zuck, our financial director across the hall, who's done everything in in his power to make sure that everyone's getting paid and remain, you know, keep a pay pay slip at the end of the month. So many different hardships, but so many different people work so hard for them. And and in my opinion. The reason we all do it is it goes back to the loyalty of the fans. And that's what is special. You don't find that everywhere. You really don't. And for me, that's priceless. There's no there's no value to that. It's priceless. So my message is stay loyal to this football club because I can assure you that every single person inside of this place is working pedal to the metal for them because we feel that burden to deliver. And it's a it's not people think of the word burden and think of it as with negative connotations. No, it's a positive burden because it's a special it's a special responsibility to have. And I feel very fortunate to have that responsibility. Damo, it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you. Um, I'd like to think as the team, the staff, the club, the fans as one giant Barnsley family. Um, yes. Some maybe more, a little bit more dysfunctional at times when things are not going right. Some very verbal, some not very verbal, but we are all in it together. Um, a huge yeah. praise and hopefully we'll get the chance to talk some of the media team of the work that they've done as well. Because while we can't be at the club, you know, the tweets, the things on Facebook, I think that's what keeps people engaged with the football club. It's not just 90 minutes on a Wednesday or a Saturday. It's that tweet on a Wednesday afternoon or it's that Facebook post or competition on, 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 a, you know, on a Sunday evening or whatever. So um, a huge thank you for taking the time out to talk to us. No problem. Um, Actually, I'd like to say that I think they deserve a special mention. I think you're right because I think a lot of people don't realise that we have a very, very small media team here. But the amount of content that they are able to put out week in, week out, the amount of hours they work on a Saturday night or on a Sunday when everyone else is off, it's incredible. And you've, you've highlighted it, and it's true, and they deserve the credit. 
I heard, uh, I think it was one of the media, not the media team of Barnsley, but I, I don't know if it was for the BBC, whoever, actually saying huge thank you to Barnsley. There was a programme, there was a team sheet. He says, and during this pandemic, I've been at matches where it's written down on the blackboard and so you take it down. So we see the photos, you know, BBC Radio Heaven reporters, uh, you know, uh, Adam Oxley with a little goodie bag, he gets a programme. And to keep all that going... Um, I think it, it's an amazing achievement. And then to that for to be topped off with what we're doing on the pitch, I'll, 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 I'll finish how I started. It's a fantastic time to be a Barnsley fan. And thank you very, very much for taking the time to speak to us today. My pleasure. Thank, thank you. you so much for having me, gentlemen. It was great thank to speak you. with you. No problem at all. Thanks very much. Take care. All the very best. All right. Cheers. Thanks. You words. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. This is for the fans. The vibe. What an amazing bloke. To talk to for for a young man, yeah, for a young man, and I'll be honest. If you when you start recording, I will say the passion he's shown, yeah, for what he does and for the people around him, absolutely amiable, absolutely marvelous, just inspirational. Even how he gets what the clubs means to people. This is not a Chelsea or a Manchester United or a Liverpool. This is completely different. This is a team, and we're not even the biggest team in this area. We don't need to be. But you can't help but feel that actually making that change from crying to the people we've got now, I think we've got more ambitious people in post. Yeah. We, yeah. we you know, somebody Dane, like, you know, we've got foreign coaches and yeah. So absolutely fantastic. Um, Steve, just quickly then, um, Derby yesterday, <laughs> some a few negative comments on, on Twitter. My reaction is if we can't win, then don't lose. And a huge compliment, I think, from Derby that they set up completely to combat what we were doing. And in the end, you know what? It was a nil-nil. It's a point in the back for us, a well-deserved point for them. And we move on. Nothing negative about it, was there? Um, no. Uh, I mean, obviously, there was negative comments before the game uh, from their manager. Uh, apparently, he's played a bit of football in his time. Uh, so I'll I've have heard. to Google him. Google him, see whether we can find out out. Uh, but no, uh, you know, yeah, disrespectful, I feel. Um, but you look at last night, I personally thought uh, some of our players looked tired. I've got to be honest. Um, it seemed, and I think I said this every week, it was definitely a battle. Well, last night was Battle of the Somme. It really was. Um, but we got a point out of it. And I think, you know... The way, the way we've played over the last seven games, at times, and I think we've said it on here, it's not been that attractive football. We know it's not. Um, but we're getting results. We're getting noticed. Teams are scared of us. Um, and at the end of the day, we're winning ugly, which we've never done before. We've, we've usually lost games like that. Uh, so, you know, where we are is a fantastic place to be. How we've got here you know, at times is a little bit ugly, I suppose. But, you know, a point at home on a Wednesday night when it's blowing a gale, peeing it down, and we're not necessarily playing to the best of his abilities. And some of them, I mean, let's be honest, some of them guys last night had an off night. There were two yeah. or three that just didn't didn't really produce on the night at all. And perfectly Pitch, understandable. Of course. Pitch, again, is... Is not good, and it's not conducive to tippy tappy Barcelona style football at the minute. No, no. but uh, but we're getting where we want to be. Yeah, um, just quickly then, uh, Bournemouth away, 
Um, I would expect that a different match. Bournemouth, very much Ubsley, just below us. It's a footballing team. We saw that. Was it 4-0? The beaters at home yeah. in front of the yeah. Sky camera. So we know what they are all about. And um, that will suit us, won't it? If they play their normal style, hope, well, hopefully it'll suit us better than the last time we played them. But we have far more than offer now, don't we? Yeah, we have. We've got a lot more options. We've talked about it over the last few weeks, about the players we've got now. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to uh, recharge batteries and what have you before Saturday. Um, I mean, Bournemouth, we know what Bournemouth are. They are a good football inside. They've got million, millions of pounds worth of assets playing on that field, and, and, and we've not. Um, I think it's a good opportunity to match them. Uh, and if we can get, let's face it, you'd take a point now. I'd take a point now, obviously. Of course. Of course. Um, but, you know, there's no reason why we can't go down there play our game, put them off theirs, so to speak. And, you know, we could get a result. God, we can get a result at any ground in country at the minute. Um, but it's just, you know, it's just getting them players back on track, positive again. I mean, for me, you want to get Tim or doing, doing, uh, doing team, team speech before <laughs> game. Because that guy, what, you know, what a positive... What an attitude he's he's got and he's brought to club. It's, it's, um, it's people it, like that that they need, especially the younger players. That, you know, if, if people are walking around with a smile on their face, it's so much easier, isn't it? Listen, we we nearly finished. Um, three more matches before the international break. International break is a week away at football, just over a week actually. We have, you know, um, well deserved. Uh, yep. You know, a bit, a bit of respite. Um, Bournemouth away, Wickham away, Sheffield Wednesday at home. Um, massive, to close the show massive off, club. Massive club. Massive. Uh, Huge. Um, I drove past the other day to take our foster son to hospital, and uh, as as I was approaching, I thought the owl had flown off actually from the emblem and saying I'm not staying here. Um, just to close off, uh, obviously we'll have more next week, but three matches. Realistically, what we should be expecting from these three before the international break? I'll take a point from Bournemouth. Uh, I'd like to think we can go to Wickham and take three points. I mean that that really was a, a hard fought game when they came up here. Yeah. But why not? And oh god, it's got to be three points against against Wendy's, hasn't it? Let's be honest. Come on. Of course, Steve. Thanks very much. Uh, Pleasure. See you next week. Well, all right. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that—that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield. It impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McDonald's share boxes ready to go. Ian's already got booked for double dipping and Steve has stolen the last nugget. You're snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. UN, UREDS at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Talk Sport Fan Network. The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Want barnstorming Barnsley insight analysis and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network.